Hello and welcome back to the Coach Barley-Ann podcast where we dive into all things women's health, fitness and of course a little bit of netball. I'm your host Leanne and today today we're going to talk about periods and your menstrual cycle. Now I did do a podcast on this uh, a few months ago but I appreciate the sound quality unfortunately on that episode is pretty poor. <clears throat> so if you have started listening to it. Sorry, I thought someone was coming through my door then. That was a bit weird. Um, if you have started to listen to it, it um, you probably didn't finish it. So I'm going to do it again because I think it's really important. And do you know what? I see so much on Instagram about what you should or shouldn't do during your cycle and how you should or shouldn't feel through the different stages of your cycle. And I did a reel yesterday about training throughout your cycle. And I did it off the back of a fitness influencer. I don't even know if she's a coach. I don't even know what she does. But she has like over 800,000 followers. And the thing with the reel, like there was two areas, (laughs) at least two areas, that really angered me. And that's what motivated me to do my reel that I did yesterday. Two areas that really angered me. The first one was... She was talking about the phases of your cycle and she got them all fucking wrong. Like your menstrual cycle, your period is the start of the cycle. It's not week four. It's not the end of your cycle. You start your cycle with your period. Day one of your cycle is the first day of your period. Or if you spot before, it's the first day you see red blood. Because sometimes you can see pink or brown blood, a bit of spotting before. For the first time, first day you see your proper flow, bright red blood, that is day one of your cycle. That's not how the cycle ends. So the fact that she didn't, she was talking about to all her, she got thousands of likes as well. And I know why she got the likes, because that's the second, which is related to the second reason why it angered me. But if you are going to post about your cycle, female cycle, then fucking understand the female cycle before you tell thousands of people on the gram about it. The second thing that um, really annoyed me about it, because she also, also, also going back, that they also said about how ovulation is week, I think she called it week two. Well, you don't ovulate for a week, it's a couple of days. But there you go. Anyway, the second reason that the real really annoyed me was because she was comparing how the cycle may and I want to put a real emphasis on that, may, capital letters, bold, underlined, may affect your cycle. In her reel, it definitely affects your cycle. Sorry, your training, your cycle definitely. According to her, your cycle will definitely affect your training. In fact, it may, and I'll go into that in a bit. But how she compared this to men, so how week one we should feel this and, and week two, we should feel something else. And week three, we'll feel weak and pathetic. And therefore, we have to reduce our weight. And week four, which is our period, which is not our period in week four. And therefore, you must rest because you're on your period. I mean, we're not in the fucking 1950s anymore. And how she compared that was how, during all these weeks, how men feel. And do you know what? I don't think it's up to us to tell men how they should or shouldn't feel as well and nor do I think there's any fucking point in comparing how we may feel during our cycle to how men 
you know, what, get away with it. Men just don't have a cycle. Yes, we can go on. Oh, it's not fair. Oh, you know, it's all right for men. You know, we and I do have a joke about it to um, do my husband. Oh, it's all right for you. You don't have to part with this shit. You don't have to do childbirth. Blah, blah. Yeah, I do that as a, a bit of a joke uh, to my husband and that kind of thing. And yes, I do go on about like if, because we live in a patriarchy. If these things like periods, menopause, childbirth happen to men, I'm sure it would be a different picture. However, it is not your average man's fault that we have a cycle. It's just biology. That's how women are made. That's how men are made. So there's no point comparing, oh, look at you men. You can, you can train however you like all the time because you don't have a cycle. I mean, men have a 24-hour cycle as opposed to a average 28-day cycle like us. But yeah, it doesn't affect them as much as it affects us. But so fucking what? That's what makes us different. And do you know what? I wouldn't give it up to be a man. Fucking love being a woman. Love being a woman. And I celebrate the fact I'm a woman. I celebrate the fact that I can give birth. My body can do these fucking incredible and insane things like growing another human being in my body. I wouldn't give that opportunity up. Not in a million years. I hate periods. Don't get me wrong. Mine are really fucking painful and really fucking heavy. However, I will put through that through to be, a, uh, I will put myself, not put myself, I will pull up with it. That's what I'm trying to say. I will put up with it just because I love being a woman. I think our bodies look better. I think boobs and fannies way better looking than penises. <laughs> and, you know, I've just... Yeah, so I just it the, the the reel really angered me, and therefore that's why I did my own reel, um, relating to even using the same song. <laughs> I doubt anyone will have any comeback or anything on me. But if you're wondering the purpose of that reel, that's where it came from because it it really bothers me. It really really bothers me. So I'm going to talk again about your cycle, how your cycle works, what happens during your cycle, and how it may may bolded, underlined, affect you and your um, your training or anything, your life. So just talk very generally about the phases of the cycle. So in a broader sense, we have two phases. We have follicular phase and a luteal phase. And then each of those can kind of be broken up. So the follicular fa- phase is your first half of your cycle. And your luteal phase is your second half. And those halves may not be equal. So if your follicular phase is, say, 13 days long, it does not mean your luteal phase will always be 13 days long. And in fact, if your cycle changes month to month, which for most of you out there, most of us do not have a 28-day cycle. I know we all talk about 28-day cycle. It's the average but most of us actually don't even have a 28-day cycle or we don't have the same number of days every month. And if you have a differing number of days every month, which is quite normal and nothing to be worried about, only need to be concerned if you're, if the range in which, like if it's a couple of days, like 29 one month, 30 the next month, 31 the next month, 28. You know, if it's a couple of days, you don't need to worry. That's quite normal. 
But if you're going like wildly or like a week difference or more, then that's when you need to go to your GP if you haven't already. Possible signs of PCOS and talk about why you're having huge fluctuations. And there's many reasons. PCOS being one reason, but there could be many other reasons as to why you're not having a regular period. Um, but if you are, you know, when you're having fluctuating days, and there are women out there who have 28 days every month without fail or 30 days every month without fail. But if you don't, it is the follicular phase that will be the phase that is changing. And your follicular phase, basically what's happening is in your ovaries, the follicles are maturing, ready to be released at ovulation. The luteal phase, second half of your cycle, generally will be consistent. So if you know when you've ovulated, and there are many ways to know if you've ovulated, then you can pretty much to the day guarantee when you're going to start your period. So in the follicular phase, you'll have your period, your menstruation is when you have your bleed. Like I said, day one of your bleed is day one of your cycle. How heavy, how long you bleed will be personal to you. Some of you might bleed very light for very few days, very light for a, uh, for a week, very heavy for a few days, very heavy for a week or so. And generally, you have the same sort of thing every month. Now, if something changes, again, that is what is your signal to go and see your doctor. And then after your menstruation, you finish the follicular phase with ovulation. Ovulation, like I say, doesn't necessarily happen. Spack bang in the middle. It doesn't always happen on day 14, as a lot of um, people will say it does, or even doctors. And Clues in which give you ovulation is the biggest clue will be your change in cervical mucus. So this is when an egg is being released and you have a change in cervical mucus from what could be white and sticky to clear and stretchy. So it looks like egg white and it's actually described as egg white cervical mucus. And if you get it between your thumb and your finger, you could actually stretch it. So just like egg white. And the reason why your cervical mucus changes like that is because actually it's providing a very easy path for sperm to travel up into your uterus to ovulate, um, or ovulate, to, um, what's the word? For the sperm to meet the egg. <laughs> fertilize, that's the word. Fertilize the egg for a baby. Any other type of cervical mucus actually blocks the path of the sperm. So when you see that, that is when you your body is ready for fertilization. After ovulation, now during ovulation, you um, you may feel it. So you might even get some cramping. Some people can feel on one side a bit of cramping when uh, they're in ovulation. Another signal of ovulation is if you take your basal body temperature. And it's something when I used to work with um, fertility clients as a reflexologist, that was something that I used to get them to do is to measure the temperature every morning. And when you see a rise, that is your signal that ovulation has happened. And so when you go um, into post-ovulation, whether the egg gets fertilized or not, you're then into the teal phase. In your follicular phase, you have estrogen as your dominant hormone, and it rises right up to 
ovulation. Then after ovulation, progesterone is then becoming your dominant hormone. Estrogen drops a little. It does go for a little peak, but doesn't overtake progesterone. And it's progesterone that is then um, the hormone that can raise your temperature. So you might get a little bit hotter during that period of, of um, luteal phase. And then luteal phase reaches up to the end of the cycle. And then for a couple of days or a week before your next cycle, you might start to feel some PMS, so premenstrual uh, um, syndrome, some symptoms. And that is usually because the hormones start to drop off. You haven't, um, haven't become pregnant, whether you're trying or not, but you're not pregnant. And therefore, the hormones will drop off. As soon as they flatline, that's when your body will start to shed the lining uh, of the uterus. And that's what your period is. So that's generally the phases of um, the, the, your cycle. So talking about the hormones again. So during menstruation, progesterone and estrogen not doing much. You have some prostaglandins, which also may appear before. And that's what causes the cramping that you might feel. During your follicular phase, estrogen levels are rising. Ovulation, you also get a spike of testosterone. Yes, women, we do have some testosterone. And then luteal phase, progesterone rises to a peak. Estrogen is still there, but uh, lower levels compared to your follicular phase. And progesterone is kind of like a really huggy hormone. I That's what I kind of think. So you might have reduced anxiety, you might feel more chilled during that time. And the way that some influencers will talk about your cycle and some quote unquote businesses will talk about your cycle is that during the follicular phase, you will feel this. During ovulation, you will feel this. During luteal, you will feel this because of the way the hormones are during those stages. Now, some people might fit that that box some people don't and it's really really important and this is what I really bang about to my clients is that by tracking your cycle you get to understand how your cycle is to you you get to understand how you feel during different stages what's normal for you so for example for me I don't really feel much difference throughout the month. Sometimes during the luteal phase, as I come up to PMS, I might be might be a little bit more grumpy. I do suffer with cramps, um, but mainly the day before. So I know exactly then when my periods really come in and the first couple of days of my period. But during my luteal phase, where apparently I should be feeling weaker and I shouldn't be able to lift as heavy, I've hit PBs during my luteal phase. So for me, that narrative is total bullshit. Um, I don't really feel ovulation. Some people can feel ovulation and it's quite, and the cramps are quite debilitating during ovulation for some. For me, it doesn't bother me. And so during my cycle, I don't really notice that much of a difference. So I don't need to change my training. The only time that I may feel a bit different is during menstruation when I'm having my period 
the first couple of days of my period are insanely heavy for me that you know I literally can use the largest tampon available and I have to back myself up with a um, sanitary towel just in case and I'm changing my sanitary wear every hour because I'm that heavy and because I'm bleeding so much and I already am anemic and yes I do not take my iron tablets you can tell me off when you see me next so when I'm bleeding heavy that's you know, that's just exasperated even more. So I feel more tired. I can literally feel it running sometimes. It's awful. It's such an uncomfortable feeling. And I feel very heavy. And yeah, just so those first couple of days are just not nice. So sometimes I'm I'm very tired as well. I don't sleep. Sometimes I have to get in the night up in the night to change my sanitary wear as well. And it's just not nice feeling. So my training may not be as successful as any other time. But it's not necessarily every month. And because it's only literally two days, three days maximum, I may not even be training those days just because of my how my schedule lands. But the last, um, my last two cycles, I've had regional matches on day one or day two of my period. I can't turn around to the ego. I'm really sorry. Do you mind if we just rearrange this because I'm on my period and therefore I'm supposed to rest and I can't play? Or imagine turning around to my coach and I'm really sorry. I can't play this week because I'm going to be on my period and I need to be resting during that. I mean, it was just total bullshit. And yeah, may not have my best game, but I'm there. I'm showing up. I'm, you know, working hard as always. Sometimes my brain. Um, isn't quite with it so that might also be tiredness and um, menopause and you know your sleep is affected during your period as well and so all that together may mean I'm not having the best netball game but I'm certainly not going to fall into this narrative that I have to rest and I can't possibly train because I'm a woman and I'm bleeding or because I'm in week three and therefore I am weak no, I'm not. I'm just not listening to that narrative because it's just not true. And there is no research at the moment to back these claims up. And all the research says is that you should do things according to how your cycle makes you feel. And so the best approach is a personal approach. So some of my clients can really suffer with severe PMS. And what strategy works for one doesn't necessarily work for another. Like when I, I'm in a lot of pain and I'm feeling low, I know I'm going to feel so much better going to the gym. I might not perform as well, particularly on my period, but I know I will feel better. And I know the cramping will subside because I'm getting myself moving. Lying down on a bed with a hot water bottle is for me, just not the best way to manage my period. But for someone else, especially say if you had endometriosis, like the crippling pain that some women suffer, like mine is painful, don't get me wrong, but I cannot compare myself to someone who suffers with endo. And so for them, getting out of bed is just a no fucking go. And so if I'm turning around to them and go, 
go out and exercise, <laughs> tell me to fuck off. Quite rightly so. So every approach needs to be personal to you. But don't think that a narrative about how you should feel is what you should follow. You follow what feels good for you. And so by talking to PMS, like the things that can happen to women during PMS, like I'm going to list these things. There's so many mood swings, sore boobs, fatigue, anxiety, cramps, floating, stress, lack of sleep, more susceptible to illness, emotionally fragile, increase of temperature and sweating, less positive body image, more muscle soreness, GI stress, poor sleep. Did I say that again? Brain fog, reduced concentration, headaches, change in libido, increase in hunger, skin changes, increase of yeast infections, clumsiness, increased risk of emotional and binge eating, paranoia, lower self-esteem, defensiveness, self-blame, low self-efficacy, low and lower confidence in oneself. Now, all of these things are possible to any particular woman in any particular month during the, the premenstrual phase. So that's just before your period. And some of it will fall over into the, the start of your period. Now, how you cope with that is got to be done on an individual basis. If you suffer, but understanding when and how you feel during those times is what's important. So tracking it. And so if you notice like, oh, on day 27, I start feeling a bit crampy. So what's a good idea is because the prostaglandins are the cause of the cramping, you can start taking um, ibuprofen. If you're allowed to, go and see your doctor. Like, I'm not prescribing you ibuprofen. But if you are okay to take ibuprofen, you might want to start taking some ibuprofen, say, day 25, day 26. So that because ibuprofen is anti-inflammatory, it will help reduce the amount of prostaglandins that are being produced and therefore will then start helping with the cramping feelings and so you're reduced they can also help reduce your flow because so if you really suffer with heavy flow taking um some some ibuprofen some they n sets sciads aren't they non something anti-inflammatory something or other that's a really good thing <laughs> basically ibuprofen neurofen that kind of thing um, taking those during your period as well can help reduce the, the the heaviness of your flow. Other things you can do, so if you suffer with increased hunger, this is very, very normal and very common. Now, how you deal with that can be in on an individual basis as well. So for some people, like I, I mean, I get a craving for chocolate every bloody day, but I definitely notice it towards the end of my cycle. And sometimes I'll have, say, a little bit extra chocolate. And that will do me. But other times I could literally get a whole massive bar. Do you remember those massive bars of dairy milk that are like a foot long or whatever? I could have smashed one of those and still not be satisfied. So if I know I'm feeling like that, sometimes the best thing to do, because I don't want to put on excess body fat every month because of it. Sometimes I just ride the wave. And know that I'll feel okay in a couple of days. In a couple of days, this feeling will be over. And so I just ride the wave out. And I can be quite strict with myself. And during the, the premenstrual phase, you know, in your latter phase, your period, because of the rise of progesterone, 
you are hotter and therefore there is a slight rise in your basal metabolic rate. But it may only be by about 100, maximum 150, 200 calories. So if you do feel hungry in that time, you could increase your calorie intake by a little bit, give yourself an extra snack. But again, it's such a little amount, you need to be aware of how much more you're eating, especially if fat loss is a goal. And so just riding that wave out could be a really good method for you so that you get to still reach your goals. Or, you know, if you are in a fat loss phase, during those days, you could take yourself up to maintenance. You're not going to put any body fat on for doing that. So you have a little bit extra food in those couple of days to a week that just allows you to get through. So you're allowing yourself a little bit more food. You get to um, still have your fat loss goal because if you're eating around maintenance, you're not going to do any damage whatsoever. It may slow your fat loss in the long term, but actually long term, because you're not like massively overeating, you're being a bit more controlled about it and being a bit more, you know, your intention, you have a better intention behind it. Actually, your fat loss goal may take longer, but it is probably more likely to happen because you are in control about what you are doing. You have a proactive response to it rather than a reactive response. And then a lot of like the emotional um, symptoms that we feel, understanding, it doesn't make it any better, but understanding, okay, I feel like this because I'm in the last week of my cycle. I know next week I'm going to feel so much better. So I'm just going to, ignore, you know, let those thoughts, acknowledge it, tell them to shut up and go away and move on because I know that is not fact. It's a thought, it is not fact. So, you know, talking to yourself, you could journal, meditate, yoga, all those kind of quote unquote woo woo things that actually are really useful, really helpful tools that you could have to help improve your mindset around that time. Gratitude practice is an amazing thing to do every day. But, you know, during your luteal phase, during that PMS phase could be something that you could do um, to help through the mindset problems that you might have and might experience during that time. And if you play sport like, you know, with netball, it's great that you are surrounded by women. I get talking to the other girls. I so openly talk, as you can see, tell you all about my periods and that kind of thing. I, I openly talk about it now because I don't think we should have any shame about our periods. And, you know, we shouldn't be having to make reels about what we have to go through that men don't have to go through. And talking about it to your friends, and if you all like track your periods and, you know, your teammates and stuff like that, you can be there to support each other. So that, you know, I remember last week at training, I was like, oh, well, not a couple of weeks ago before our last regional match. I remember talking to the other girls and saying, oh, God, like doing my calculations. I was like, oh, God, I'm going to be in my period the next game. That's not going to be great, blah, blah, blah. And although there's nothing we can do about it, but just be there for a bit of moral support. And I think that just just that in itself can really help 
And so talking about it with your teammates is such, such a, a relief as well, gets it off your chest. So I highly recommend as netballers, talk about your periods to each other, share your experiences. It's, it is really, really important. Okay. Well, I hope you found today's episode helpful and inspiring and finally got about, <laughs> about the cycle with a good um, audio, hopefully. And if you have any questions or suggestions for future topics, feel free to reach out to me by Instagram. I am at Coach Balian. And as always, please don't forget to follow and leave a review if you enjoyed today's episode and share with someone who you think might find this useful or still yet to really understand their cycle. But if you are struggling with setting yourself up for a successful fitness journey, then why not get in touch and see if I can help? Send me a message on Instagram because I would love to chat. Until next time, stay strong, stay empowered and keep working towards your fitness goals. Remember, you are capable of incredible things. Even though you're a woman with a cycle, you still are incredible and you're capable of incredible things. Big up all the women out there. Okay.